Habits are incredibly powerful. When formed in a group, they can really make an impact. Since group habits are so important, we need to watch which ones we form. In today's podcast, we're going to talk a bit about the habits of the worship team. Tim, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's been an interesting week because last Sunday was our first week back to all four services since March. And I guess actually five services if you count St. Jacob over there. Yeah. And um, so it feels like we're getting back in the groove. Although around our area here in Illinois, the metro area of St. Louis, you still can't eat indoors at a restaurant. That might change today or it might go backwards today. The announcement's supposed to come from the governor. Oh, man. So, yep. So we have still, uh, still a long way to go. But how are you doing, Clint? Oh, um, I'm doing pretty good. It's been a busy couple of weeks. Um, a few weeks ago was my wife wife's birthday. And then two weeks after that was our anniversary. And then this Saturday is my birthday. So it's a pretty crazy like month span time for the the household. So didn't you say sometimes you guys just buy yourselves an anniversary gift and skip birthdays and meld it all together? Yes, like yeah, one, one year we uh we bought bikes and that was kind of like you know, everything kind of combined. We bought bikes and it was pretty cool. So yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sometimes routines and habits can get a bad reputation for being tradition or mundane. Uh, but before we get started, Tim, what would you say to that? Well, um, yeah, tradition and routine, that's, um, you know, we may want a little bit of that in our groups, but we also know that uh, some things can get stale. So um, it's kind of like mealtime. Sometimes I think about meals like if you're by yourself at home for a couple of days, you basically eat when you're hungry. You don't sit around and say, oh, it's noon. It's time for lunch. But yeah. if you're with a group, then noon it's time for lunch like yeah. if you miss that with a group so if you have a group of people you need some sort of structure and um and it just gives a framework for everybody to know what to expect so for any downside to tradition or mundane or routine there's an upside of everybody being able to be formed and you know chime in but the question is uh, when we talk about these these habits that we're proud of in our group and mainly i just listed these so that we can encourage our own team and, <laughs> and encourage other people to think about it but um, you know, how, how are these habits formed? That's kind of like an interesting part of that. And, um, in a group setting, it's a little different than in a, in a personal setting. So there seems like there's some kind of difference in that when you're by yourself, you're trying mm-hmm. to, you know, crank up the habit exercise or whatever. And those things are easier in a group. So in some ways it is easier in a group, but that's kind of a little bit off the script here, but how do you, how do you, what do you think about, you know, forming habits? Yeah. As a group uh, versus the other. Yeah. Um, well, when I first kind of read this and kind of looked at the list, it's it's kind of like the culture you build up of like, you know, the things we try to do and how to like elevate um, what we're doing. Um, but, you know, it kind of goes down to like, you know, you have these certain things that we do. It's It helps keep each other accountable, um, kind of be on the ball. It You know, it kind of you know, you'll see as we kind of go through these, some of them kind of add pressure on one one another, but yeah. also like, you know, pressure, it, it causes us to kind of like push our own limits to like elevate everything together. So I think it's pretty good. Yeah. And that's one time we did a podcast on uh, the Go Harvest podcast about social loafing. And <laughs> I don't think you were on this one, but it doesn't sound familiar. It was just interesting because uh, you have to go back and listen to it. But the gist was that if two people are playing tug of war they each give 100 percent. 
But if you add a person to each team and there's two guys on each team, then in a study they did a long, long time ago, each team member only pulled 93% of their potential because all of a sudden they felt like they didn't need to give the whole thing. And if you stuck eight guys in there, then all of a sudden it went down to like only 40% of their potential. Like none, Nobody was giving their all because at, together they were just, you know, pulling it. And so that's crazy to think about. Anyway, it started with horses because one horse actually was get, exerting more energy than two horses together. They automatically lessened. So in some sense, that's why, you know, many hands make light work. But in another sense, it's tough for people to give yeah. their all. And that's why some of these habits are important. Oh, wow. So, All right. Well, let's get to this list. So this um, this is a list of habits for our worship team here. Um, and naming them, as simple as some of them may be, uh, is a combination of encouraging, celebrating, um, and a reminder. It helps us reinforce even the simplest habits that we have. Yeah, I don't think any of these are like earth-shattering, but... They might be. They're, they're our habits, so... <laughs> and maybe we need to get a few more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's good. So, uh, the first one here, Tim. Um, I see it, and this is a great one. It says, we rehearse most every week on Wednesday evening... Uh, to prepare for Sunday morning worship. Yep, Wednesday night is a habit, and that's pretty cool because it hasn't always been that way. Probably only mm-hmm. the last eight years of the 20 years that I've done this. Mm-hmm. And before then, we didn't have a spot to practice. So we would kind of meet up and talk or maybe do a little acoustic circle, but we really didn't have a rehearsal for Sunday. Yeah. And so, yeah, getting this getting into this habit didn't come easily either. It was kind of like all of a sudden people are like, what? We actually have to, you know meet and do stuff so used to we'd set up for sunday church and then we would just get there an hour early run through everything and then hope for the best and <laughs> so um it's it's not an easy culture to build necessarily but for whatever reason it's worked out that everybody who participates has wednesday nights carved out and mm-hmm. whether they do it every week or not they're here when they need to be yeah and so and we try to get that even with the student band and everything yeah they have like a rehearsal time yeah it's super important because it helps raise the expectation you know, um, and then even as we move forward, you know, from today, you know, whenever we add more expectations to what we're currently doing, you know, we already know the level that our team members can, you know, uh, give. So, you know, just raising expectations is, is easier than if you have some kind of habits or expectations already in place. So, yeah. And it's really for our whole church because we have the choir practices on Wednesday Mm -hmm. and the handbells practice on Wednesday. And so, we have these two distinct styles of traditional and more modern worship and everybody has a habit of meeting up to make sure it's good for Sunday. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. What about the second one here? It says the leadership for tech ministry, sound ministry, scheduling ministry, and track development slash worship flow is shared among several leaders. Yeah. And that is another one we could both talk about because you're one of the leaders gets shared with about half the time. Yeah. But, um, we have several people, some volunteer, some part-time paid, who help in all these various areas. So somebody schedules the ministry and somebody puts the tracks in. We appreciate Ryan doing that. It's been mm-hmm. different people. We miss Drew. And um, we have um, people who help with the uh, tech ministry, overseeing mm-hmm. it and scheduling and all that kind of stuff. So I heard a phrase recently that I've been mulling around, and that is, you don't just find good leaders, you build them. And so that's one way to build good leaders is to open up opportunities for people to lead. Yeah. And you know, there might be a slight difference in how they do it or, you know, the quality until they, you know, eventually would even surpass what you can do. Cause you don't have the time to do it anyway. And, um, 
so yeah, there's just a lot of roles for, for people. And one of our habits around here is involving people in that. So, um, you know, I know part of it's just the structure of our church. Like we have two part-time musician leaders, one for one style service and one for the other. And it's me and Emily. And then we, if we don't have other people helping in those areas, it's going to be hard to keep growing. Yeah. So there's only, there's only one way to scale it. Yeah. And also like with this specifically, this one here of like, uh, the tech and sound scheduling and all that kind of stuff, it's been super critical during these last six months and not even six months, but since we've been able to meet and have worship in person, uh, because it's just completely changed. Um, I mean, like you just said, you know, we started meeting, you know, back at our four services this past week, but before then we were just having one outdoor service and, or even just streaming inside. And, uh, I really love the mugs you made for the team that kind of like came together. Uh, talk about that for a second. What'd you make? Oh, well, actually, um, uh, another lady in our church makes mugs and we created, uh, a f- not really a fake name, but we came up with a name for the five guys who basically kept everything afloat for the last pandemic season of five months of tech only worship. And so the name of the team, which was never named until the mugs came out was the worship tech pandemic response force. (laughs) (laughs) And we put their names on the mug and we just basically said thanks for all their many hours of cranking things up. Yeah. I saw Josh's online and it's amazing. (laughs) I was like, I want one. (laughs) No, but it's really cool. So yeah, well, that's a good one. Leadership for those teams. Yep. The third one here is the team is in the habit of encouraging one another. And there isn't a ton of sarcasm, thankfully. And maybe it's just because I'm not a sarcastic guy. <laughs> the only problem with not being a sarcastic guy is when you are sarcastic, it really makes an impact. And <laughs> I've had a couple of those instances lately when I didn't get enough sleep and I said things that were terrible. But, um, but you know what I mean by sarcasm in a, you know, you're in a sound check and they say, could you turn up my guitar? And I go, I'd never turn up your guitar. And it's like, yeah. it's like the banter that happens just, uh, around people. So, yeah. And I don't know if, you know, in, in my mind, I just, and I don't, I don't mind it. I don't really preach sermons and get all excited about it, but I just always wonder what if somebody was walking in as you're doing a sound check and the band's up there sarcastically not encouraging each other. What kind of feel does that really like yeah. give out to other people? And, um, I know it's a personality thing. What do you think about it? Are you a sarcastic guy when you're on stage doing sound checks and whatnot? I think it all depends on the relationship you have with people. Um, you know, we have a, a fairly large team here, um, and I know them all, but I'm closer to some than others. You know, so like, you know, the ones who I'm closer to, like, for example, like Josh, our sound guy, like him and I like kind of like, not on stage or anything, but we kind of like, goof around and give each other a hard time and stuff like that and just kind of like are sarcastic uh but i wouldn't do that with like like Dwayne or penny you know i know yeah. them but i don't like know them know them like that you know what you, i mean you mean you mean darren and penny oh my goodness oh my goodness oh no oh, oh no well you did say that you know some people better than other people <laughs> oh my Oh, just stop. Oh, my goodness. That is terrible. Yeah, so there you go. So don't be sarcastic. Well, I think the idea of habit, though, with sarcasm is that, um, well, one is that we don't really have that habit, that culture. I think everybody's just more encouraging than they are, like, trying to be. And and you can go deep on sarcasm. We don't have to go deep on this. But sometimes I think that people think they need sarcasm because they feel like they're not connected fully mm. or they want to be more connected. Yeah. And um, 
but it is a personality thing. Some people can do it well and some people it doesn't work well. Definitely. And the biggest thing about for encouraging uh, encouragement is kind of twofold is like for, you know, let's say you have a new person coming on on the team um, or even if you have someone who, um, you know, maybe they, you know, they're, they're just not like overly confident, you know, that encouragement um, that you give is going to like, you know, really help out, you know, um, in that person who's new, you know, they might, they might, maybe they're timid uh, because they're new and they don't really know what's going on. They don't want to step on people's toes or whatever. Uh, but the encouragement will help kind of ease their tension and yeah. like help them feel like they're part of the crew. So it's, it's super important. Yeah. You win people over with that way more than yeah trying to be a buddy, buddy and say the craziest things. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. So the next one here um, is like super critical. Uh, is we're in the habit of utilizing planning center to communicate the schedule to each other. And this can be a quick one. We, uh, mm-hmm. planning center online.com. If you don't use that, it's a great thing to use and everything from the songs to the people on to what they're going to say and mm-hmm. people that are serving in various areas of tech and, uh, scripture reading and all those things. So that's a good habit that we have going and have had going and, and we need to keep growing in it. Mm-hmm. And, there's been a lot more green lately. It's either red, yellow, or green. Yeah. Every once in a while, somebody stays yellow forever. Yeah. And lately, we've had a lot more green, so that's been good. Yeah. I've been using this also with the student um, worship team, and uh, yeah, I could definitely. This week is our first Wednesday night in person, and I can tell that they're out of the routine of using Planning Center because the amount of yellows that are there. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it just helps with communication and flow. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, on to number five. Um, the band, vocals, and team are in the habit of being on the same team together. Hmm. And this is evident in a lot of ways. So this is really a habit I'm proud of for our group because, um, and, and really I, I think every church ought to implement this for the worship team to be one big collective group so mm-hmm. that the sound guys aren't in the back saying, well, we need this and us and them type feel. So if something's not working well on stage for a computer operator, we need to like know that together. Mm-hmm. And uh, in some ways just being together each Sunday for the whole, the whole time is, is a part of that. But, um, you know, everybody's, everybody's in the same group and, and we have people that, you know, serve refreshments and ushers and greeters and choir members. We, we can't all be in this huge 150 person team, but at least for that Sunday morning, yeah. the sound guy, the band and the tech people, if you're not on the same side, then, then you're in trouble. And, um, I've kind of lived in this world for, you know, years and years and years, and you've been around for several years now, but not as many. Does it feel like that to you that we have, you know, sound guy worship band is all together or does it feel separate? No, it doesn't feel separate. We're definitely one team. And uh, you kind of mentioned it about Sunday morning is, you know, whenever you have, you know, as many services as we have, there's also downtime. So that during that downtime, we're all together, just kind of like hanging out, talking and just like being friends. And then the same thing with Wednesday, you know, we, we get there, uh, and this is like foreshadowing, but we get there early. Um, and you know, once everything is kind of ready to go, we just kind of hang out, um, until the student ministry leaves the family life center. And then, you know, we, you know, start going with practice. So we definitely have those times to like build community. And I think if it wasn't for those things, um, or even like the cool little cards you made that were like conversational pieces, um, I don't think that, if we didn't have those, I don't think it would be that way. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also the idea though, that, um, that 
this COVID season has really caused a lot more time to sit around the sanctuary just with the band and tech. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting. Yeah. So now we're getting back into having to talk to people and keep the ball rolling a bunch of fronts on Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah. So that's that number five. And I guess we ought to take a second to do our little commercial here. Welcome back to the Worship Leader Toolbox Podcast, where we're talking about the 10 habits of our worship team that we're sharing with you. Uh, We're on to number six, and it says this, the whole team is in a habit of arriving early on Sundays to prepare for the morning's worship service. Yeah, and that is one that every once in a while you slip out of the habit slightly, have some kind of issue, somebody misses their alarm or something like that. But for the most part, everybody's here, ready to go. And I think we've even created a culture that we've start on time. And mm-hmm. so sometimes we're playing music and somebody will come running in, you know, and they're like, Oh man, what I miss. I mean, like yeah. we don't just sit around and wait for people. Most often we just, we just start going. Yep. And, um, and I don't know if you heard this on, uh, another podcast I'll mention from the go harvest podcast was on the three negative messages you send when you're late. Yeah. And I mentioned you in there because Clint, you're always early to everything. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> you're a good example of, you know, getting everything ready and, and being ready when you're when you're on there. So if you'd like to hear the three mega- negative messages that you send when you're late, you can tune into the Go Harvest Tim Price podcast and, and listen to that one. Yeah. But um, I think for the most part, that's a pretty good habit we have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, like you kind of said, I'm always early. Uh, for me, I mean, this has been quite some time now. Uh, like right after I graduated high school, I had a job and I was working and I would always get there just as I can take my time card and punch in, which is a, a weird phrase to say now because probably no one knows what a time card is or punching in or what that even means. Uh, but like, you know, if I'd had to be there at like, you know, nine o'clock, it was like eight fifty nine. Okay. Nine o'clock. Boom, boom. And I'd punch in or whatever. Well, I had a coworker who was like, he was like ex Navy or Marines or something like that. And he would always say, you know, Clint, you know, if you're, if you're 10 minutes early, you're five minutes late. And that one little thing he said to me, has stuck with me these last, I don't know, you know, 15, 20 years or however hmm. long it's been. But it was, it was really crazy that that little phrase yeah. is why I'm, why I'm early. It's just so weird. I don't know. That's good. People can count on it. <laughs> yeah. Cause then when you're just a little bit late, but you're still not all the way late, then it's worrisome. But I guess if you're always early, then if you're a little bit late, even from being early, then yeah. people think you're late. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good habit. I think we got that one rolling well. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Uh, number seven, it says, we're in the habit of mixing the musicians and tech leaders for different weeks, like having a rotating team. Yeah, and this should be a whole other podcast because yeah. a rotating team requires a lot of delicate care and connection and mm-hmm. building community intentionally and all that stuff. But but many hands do make light work, and it is easier to serve a couple times a month as opposed to you know the roughly 10-hour commitment that it is to rehearse on your own, get together with the team on Wednesday and then be here for roughly five hours on Sunday morning. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's a pretty big commitment to say, Oh, let's do this every single Sunday. Yeah. And there are a few people that sort of almost do and then a few, you know, but, but I think we have a pretty good bench and part of that's because it's such a big commitment that, Mm -hmm. that people take a Sunday or two a month and, and it works. But, um, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a habit out of a forced habit. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you, you can't, I don't, I don't think you could really do, um, you know, of the four services, we're only doing two in the, you know, the traditional, I mean, in the modern worship. Um, but I don't think we could really even do that 
with just the same people every single week. You know, you'd get people would burn out. Yeah, and even if you did, there would always be somebody missing for some reason. Mm-hmm. So effectively, you change one member, you've changed the team. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of what it is. Just, you know, yep. it's kind of the same pool of people with a handful of changes here and there. Yeah. But That's awesome. Uh, number eight, we're getting through the list quick. And number eight is the band is in the habit of praying for rehearsals and for the church and for ministry together. And, um, so you've experienced some of that. What, what's your take on that? Or- yeah. So I really like this, uh, for a couple of different reasons. It, it can be prayer. It can be, um, you know, scripture, some of the Psalms. Um, but really I think this is so key to starting off either the rehearsal night or the morning for a Sunday morning worship, because, you know, we're all coming from different places. You know, we all have our own different stresses and worries from the week or whatever's going on at home. And that prayer or the scripture or whatever it is, it kind of like helps us focus on why we're there, you yeah. know? And I, I, I really believe that like, you know, the times we don't pray or we don't, you know, share in a scripture or something, uh, those are the times when, you know, things are kind of like, kind of tense, you know, you can kind of feel, you know what I mean? Yep. So I think it's critical. Prayer. And sometimes on Sundays we pray twice. Yeah. We meet, pray for rehearsal and sound check, and then we get together and pray again before we actually go up there. So. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, so we do, we pray on stage, you know, uh, before the sound check or right after the sound check. But then when we're done, we, we get the whole team together and it's part of that community building. And you're really intentional yeah. about this. And we get the whole team down there on the main floor and we just circle up, you know, if there's any prayer requests and then we pray and that's, yeah, it's awesome. Yep. All right. Number nine, the team is in the habit of learning new songs. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of ebb and flow to this and I don't really have a good, like, silver bullet for learning new songs but uh most often i learn them from other people saying hey we should do this song oh yeah and this is what works for me yeah um new songs are interesting um and i and i say that because you know i'm on facebook and i'm in several different like worship leader or worship team groups or whatever and it's 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 always interesting how fast teams move through a song like right. on those groups you know they it's like the hot song of of the the last few weeks or for the month and and they move through it so quickly and the church hardly even knows it but like the worship team is already sick of it cuz they played it like yeah. you know 800 times. <laughs> I also think it's funny on some of those groups where people apologize because they were, quote, late to the party on this song. <laughs> In some ways, that drives me nuts because yeah. I'm like, well, how, how can you, I mean, your church doesn't know it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you were, if you sang it the first day it was out. Yeah. That all gets back to if the song wasn't written in the last two years and it's not spiritual enough type mindset. <laughs> you know, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, I, this is like very terrible, uh, but like, I was so tired of like all the hot new songs on these groups that they would share that I intentionally did not listen to The Blessing. Okay. <laughs> I had never heard The Blessing until um, a few weeks ago when I led it with Ava outside and I heard that song and I was like, that's a really powerful song. That's such a great blessing on your congregation. And that's a, a blessing yeah. I was missing out on. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you could. I mean, I think we've sung it and it's been good. Yeah. But it is true that that's a song that would be con- potentially one of those songs that may not stay in the routine a lot because mm-hmm. it's a song being sung, you know, 
two people yeah as opposed to like waymaker which is a song everybody's able to you know yep. pray a prayer you know to god and every song has its place but uh, mm-hmm. we don't want to get into you know that's a whole assessing, different thing assessing songs and what's what. <laughs> but i did read recently the cool thing and that was that uh real succinct and i can't can't remember the actual last part of it but familiar songs really help people worship mm-hmm. and new songs really help people feel inspired mm. and overdone songs can cause people to basically feel blah i don't remember the word they use for that but yeah there's there's some reason to like you know switch songs because otherwise you know it would just get old so you don't want that to happen yeah so real quick so like let's say we're doing a new song this week where do you put that in the sunday morning set well again this is like before covid and after covid we're doing less stuff right now because it doesn't translate as well on line yeah. worship to just crank out a whole series of songs right at the beginning so um, some Sundays we're only doing three and at the most four songs. So a brand new song could go one of two places. One is at the very beginning while people are just showing up and then you just sing it. Yeah. Or it can be like the, depending on tempo of it, the second or third song of the day. Because then you could either have people sit or you could just tell people, hey, we're going to learn this together and then do it. But if it's a song that you're not really anticipating people singing, but it just fits really well, or for the future, but it just fits really well with the sermon, then yeah. you can have a presentational kind of song at the end of a message. Nice. So to answer your question, anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, man. So, Tim, we're at number 10. Yeah, that's good. We're about out of time. <laughs> we're about out of time. All right. So as a team, we start, we strive towards the habit of being in worship as often as possible, even when we're not scheduled to serve. Yep. And this, again, is another podcast that could go on. But yeah, the idea sure. that uh, the culture has changed and study after study, listen, Tom Rainer stuff or anything like that, um, you know, people being in worship two Sundays a month is really like considered fully there and fully engaged. That's and crazy. It's just like life has changed. And I heard a statistic from um, people who uh, lead Awana ministry for the Baptist church and, and other churches as well. Um, they just did a study that said children are in church 1.7 hours per month. And so you have like almost one and a half hours per month for kids. So that's only like, you know, 18 times a year, 18, like, you know, yeah. hours total for the whole year. That's just, that's mind blowing. So really we need to, um, Keep growing the habit of anytime you're in town to be in worship, in community corporate worship. And not as like a, not as like a, you know, legalistic thing, but just so that people know, you know, we're not just here to serve. We're here to be a part of it as well. And, um, yeah. So, yeah. So I appreciate all the people in our church that are in the band and then they also are in the seats. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Well, Tim, that was a great conversation. Yep. Are there, so we're talking about good habits, right? Or just, you know, are there any bad habits that you can think of in our ministry? Yeah, that's a fun part of a podcast. You only say the good things, but yeah, there <laughs> are. Uh, that's a good question. And um, yeah, I could just rattle off a couple real quick and probably both of them have to do more with me as the as the leader. But um, one of the habits centered around the preparation of songs and just the the um, thinking about, oh, this message, that message, this theme, that theme, and dragging my feet on putting in the songs for, you know, that Sunday. So sometimes that's uh, some seasons are better than others in terms of getting those in in a timely manner, but that's one habit I need to keep growing in. And another one is probably just the habit of fast-paced 
Wednesday night craziness, Sunday morning craziness, and everybody converging and, you know, the proverbial coffee cup sitting in the back on the music stand or a table <laughs> laying on the floor instead of on the hook and all those things that just, it's just like, it gets bad, then we fix it. It's good for a while. Then all of a sudden we slip into a bad habit again. So yeah, yeah, those are, those aren't major things, but they're major enough to think yeah. about. We'd like to ask you, what are some of the worship team habits you can pinpoint in your ministry? What can you celebrate and encourage your team with? What habits do you need to work on? We're praying for you um, as you keep serving in your ministry at your church. Join us by clicking subscribe, rate this podcast, and share it with your team leaders. We need your help to get the word out. You can also visit the blog, worshipleadertoolbox.com, to view this post.